This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Do you want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. It lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. You know I love that, and I promise you the other platforms don't offer that. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can also earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. I've been using Spotify for Podcasters from the very start. I highly recommend you give it a try. Just don't post on Monday. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey, everyone. Gil Gross here post-match. Novak Djokovic versus Yannick Sinner, ATP Finals 2023 round robin. If you're not here for spoilers, click off the video in three to one, although I don't think spoilers are an issue with how late I'm posting this. I was driving all day today, and the plan was that whichever match landed on this uh, Tuesday afternoon, I wasn't going to cover. I could not do that after this match. I could not do that to Yannick Sinner fans. Uh, I got caught up on this match, although I couldn't watch it because I was driving and Yannick Sinner has secured his first ever victory against Novak Djokovic in one of the most high-quality, dazzling three-set matches of 2023. Sinner takes it in a third-set tiebreak. This post-US Open stretch of firsts continues. He had never beaten Medvedev. Uh, he's now beaten him twice in the last two months. Same thing for Djokovic, and this one just felt bigger. It's the ATP Finals. He's in Italy. And I got to say, before I get into the analysis of this one, um, and I don't normally do this or talk about this stuff, but just like how I felt watching this. Um, you guys know I don't root for players, right? I'm not a fan of anybody. But there is no moment more rewarding in following this sport and covering this sport. These kinds of moments in these matches 
it's the most the sport has to offer, in my opinion, which is a young guy who you've been following for a while, who has little by little by little improved and improved and improved. They have clearly put the work in. The dedication is is next level. The uh, ambition is next level. And you're seeing that slowly come together and the results of that starting to build up. And then you watch them really live out their dreams. And I, I know that this, you know, Sinner didn't just win a major, right? He didn't just win Wimbledon or something like that. But also, come on, it doesn't get much better than this. It's a packed arena, sold out, 15,000 fans going crazy. They're all behind him. He's in his home country. He's playing Novak Djokovic. You just have to feel so happy for Sinner. Um, these are my favorite moments watching the sport is, is when young players achieve things like this um, after a lot of hard work that they put in. All right, where shall I begin? Uh, first, disclosures. Usually when I do post-match videos, uh, post-match analysis, I have watched every single point of the match, and I have paid 100% attention to every single point in the match, 100 or as best I can. Um, not the case here, and I'm just going to disclose it. Watch the 20 minutes extended highlights. Watch each set then from 5-all, first, second, third. Um, so some stuff has happened, obviously happened in this match that I missed, um, and I will account for everything that I saw, all right? This was some of the most autobiographical stuff I've ever seen against Novak Djokovic on a tennis court. Meaning, and I know there have been some guys who have had Djokovic-looking games, Djokovic-like styles. A lot of the stuff Sinner was doing here I have not seen anybody do it that well other than Novak. The hard court sliding, the on-the-run play on this hard court was really incredible from Sinner. And look, all the young players slide on hard court now. It's a very common thing. But nobody has the strength and the body control and the technique to play the ball with speed and control when sliding on hard court as consistently as Novak. So, you know, there are plenty of players who are scrambling around and, and they're, they're sliding in desperate situations and such. Uh, but I just, I've never seen anybody make it look so routine and deliver the quality of ball on a consistent basis that Djokovic can when he slides on a hard court. Sinner was doing so much of that in this match, and it was hard not to notice when they were sharing the court with each other. And, and this is off of both wings. And I know the open stance sliding backhand gets a lot of attention because I, I would say it is kind of a couple of degrees of difficulty higher uh, but the forehand D from Sinner was probably the more impressive part for me in this particular match because I, I think Novak made a, a real concerted effort to hit his forehand, which is his biggest and fastest shot, hard into Sinner's forehand and to try to find and extract some errors 
by kind of just delivering intensity into Sinner's forehand wing, make him move that direction, make him absorb pace with that forehand. It didn't work. Like Sinner, Sinner was protecting his forehand really, really well. Um, and and it, it gets to a point with, with Novak and Yannick with the sliding stuff and the movement where you're almost not even noticing it anymore because it's so routine. But it's special to have that skill and to, to be able to just routinely move out into the corners on a hard court and, and slide into your shots um, and play great trades and play great neutralizations on a regular basis. So that's the first thing. And that's the defensive part of this. But obviously the offensive part of this is, uh, is another thing entirely. This, uh, at times, from Sinner was pretty Vavrinka-like, pretty team-like, where you have a guy who's in the 99.9 percentile of power. And it's the case off of both sides, like Vavrinka and team. And they're able to deliver it with confidence and with relatively smart shot selection and intelligent targets. Uh, sensible is actually the word I want to use. Sensible targets. They're able to deliver that 99.9 percentile of power in the biggest moments, which is I, what Yannick said he was most proud of himself immediately after the match. He was like, look, I was brave in the biggest moments. Yeah, he was. And... A brave Yannick Sinner who isn't missing. We've talked about it all the time with his power. That's always going to be a problem. And that's always the thing that that Sinner has had. We've talked a lot about his development. We've talked a lot about his improvements. Guess what hasn't really had to improve leaps and bounds? His power. That's what hasn't had to because when he was 18... And he was skinny as a stick, and he didn't move very well, and his serve was a softball. He still hit the crap out of his ground strokes. That was the first thing you notice about Yachting Center. So obviously, that's still there. And obviously, even at this stage, it's still looming large in a match like this. Even against Novak, who is going to defend and make extra balls uh, better than anybody else, you know, him and Medvedev, right? But I was talking about how Sinner has always had the power. And then there's the stuff that he didn't always have. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting friends. 
a work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. There's the stuff that is new and different, and it just comes down to how much you have to worry about, right? If you're defending against Sinner, you're Djokovic. What do I have to worry about? And the power is one thing. That's a problem in itself. Um, but when you used to, there used to be a point in playing Yannick Sinner where there actually wasn't that many things you were worried about. Yeah, the one thing was a lot to handle and a lot to deal with. But there wasn't as much. Now, there are some other options because there are, there are wrinkles. And uh, the first thing is the backhand down the line, which to me has been a complete game changer for Yannick. Um, the way it's opened up the court... Uh, the way it has made his backhand, which was already a shot that, you know, he was able to create really good ball speeds and pretty good RPMs for a, a two-handed backhand. That's what always stood out about Sinner's backhand was, uh, you know, just, just the weight of shot, which, you know, was very almost one-hander-like, but Sinner has the two hands. So, okay, we have the stability, uh, you know, the, the some of the advantages in terms of returning serve and staying compact and uh, stable when defending, but you also have big weight of shot. Well, the one thing that wasn't really there was the timing and his willingness to take it down the line. He was kind of an 80% cross-court guy. You could sit on that a little bit. As good as his backhand was you weren't all that nervous that he was going to take it down the line. Uh, that has completely changed. Sinner took 32% of his backhands down the line. Uh, Djokovic, who I don't need to tell you, changes direction on his backhand as well as anybody ever, 30%. So Sinner did it more than Novak. Again, damage creation. Uh, obviously, in the backhand, a backhand rally, most guys are not recovering all the way to the middle. So it's usually usually the open court. If you're able to change direction there, there's more space. Uh, the ball travels less distance uh, on the down the line, which means it gets it get, goes by a player uh, in, a, in a shorter amount of time. So look, there's a reason why it's the more aggressive option. Uh, obviously, it's also riskier, higher part of the net, less court to hit into. But I, I think one of the more subtle parts about it, because it's not groundbreaking that when you go down the line, you can create more damage as long as you make the ball. I think the more subtle part about it is it puts the rally onto his forehand. And that's what I saw more than anything in this match, um, other than also some, some backhands from the middle of the court that Sinner almost hit inside out uh, that, that really stood out. But... When Sinner goes down the line with his backhand, like I, I took a screenshot here at 5-all, 30-all, you know me, I like to grab big points. That's just me. Uh, they're in this kind of neutral cross-court backhand position where I swear a young Sinner just doesn't, he, he just goes cross here. Uh, instead, he changes line, 
Now, Novak hit a good incoming ball. This isn't really an aggressive backhand down the line. Look how much this bleeds middle, right? Uh, so in a way, it's not a backhand line. It's a backhand middle. But the point is he didn't try to go back cross. He redirected. He changed to Novak's forehand. Um, and like, yeah, this is how to get the rally back on your forehand. Because I guess Djokovic could take this backhand and hit it back inside out. But... Man, that, that's the tougher shot to pull off, especially when Sinner gets good depth and good speed on this backhand middle. So yeah, Djokovic goes to the much more predictable directional, and then Sinner can step over to his right and really use his nuclear weapon, which is his forehand. The backhand will never be as big as his forehand. It'll never be close. So of course he wants to rally on his forehand. And he blew this ball by Novak. It was a... a the as clean a winner as you'll see on this forehand down the line. And if he went back cross court with the backhand, the rally would have stayed probably on, on Sinner's backhand. So you have to worry about the backhand down the line now. You also have to worry about the forehand drop shot now, which just was not a thing for him uh, on a regular basis in the past. We've seen it all year. He's worked on it very hard. And, uh, I, you know, when you when your forehand's that big, the drop shot becomes such a, a great weapon to have in your arsenal to mix it up. I'm going to talk a lot about Sinner here, obviously, because he ended up winning the match, and it's the biggest win of his career. Uh, but I do want to make sure that I just cover the bases on Djokovic. Look, this was a good performance. He served well, and the way he hit his forehand reminded me of Australia. Uh, he was really laying into it. I just think realizing... Uh, how great a level Sinner was playing, trying to make him defend, trying to impose his will a little bit in this match. So I thought, you know, that part was great. And I feel like he's just going to have a lot of respect or, or will just have a lot of respect for the level that, that Yannick played. And in such a close match, frankly, it's just going to be a couple moments maybe where Djokovic made some uncharacteristic unforced errors and... Maybe he'll he'll regret those moments, but there's really not much that, that Djokovic did wrong. I want to throw some stats out here. Um, just some stats that I found interesting that I think tell uh, uh, some, some stories and give some insight into what happened in the match. Uh, first stat, total points were tied. So it's really close, right? Rallies mattered. Uh, Djokovic won the zero through four shot rallies, 73 to 64. That's a nine shot advantage for Novak. Sinner won the five plus rallies, 43 to 36. That's a seven point advantage. Uh, for those of you who are paying really close attention, you're going to say, Gil, I thought total points were tied. So why is it Novak plus nine and Sinner plus seven? That doesn't add up. There are two points that Infosys tracking did not count. So we, we don't know. We know that Sinner won those two points, but we don't know how long the rally was. All right. Uh, so this is also in line with Tennis Insights shot ratings. Djokovic scored higher on serve and return. So it would make sense that he did better in zero through four. Sinner scored higher on forehand and backhand. So it would make sense that he was better in the five plus shot rallies. Backhand damage. This is from Infosys. Uh, this is on regular ground strokes. Approach shots don't count. Drop shots don't count. Volleys don't count. 
Uh, just on backhand ground strokes, Sinner with eight finishes, Djokovic with four. So doubled him up on damage. Sinner um, down the line, higher percentage of his shots than Djokovic. I mentioned the backhand. Same thing was true for the forehand. More down the line shots by Sinner uh, compared to Djokovic. First serve, first serves in. Uh, this is this is a stat that I had my eye on coming into this ATP Finals because Sinner has been so exceptional. Sixty percent first serves in. That's his season average. So all of October, Yannick had been over seventy percent, and I was thinking, is he going to keep doing this? Because that's a super high number. The numbers that he was obtaining, uh, they just seemed it seemed like unsustainable, right? So what you may have just heard as a negative stat for Sinner is actually not. In my book, it's a positive stat for Sinner because it shows me that he can get a big win like this without redlining on the first serve or making a higher percentage of first serves than, than would be typical for him. And I'm going to finish uh, just by going over some big moments. Then we'll wrap up. All right. First set. Djokovic was two points away from winning it at 4-5-15-30. He made back-to-back -back unforced errors and hit her, and Sinner hit a service winner. Uh, and that made it 5-all. That was a moment for Novak. You can look back at that um, missed opportunity, especially because in the next game, 5-all, Novak goes up 40-love. Um, from there... Novak serves and volleys. Sinner cranks a return. Super, super fast return. Djokovic lets it whiz by, and it catches the back of the baseline. Novak could have volleyed it, but again, the, the return was going like 90 miles per hour. 40-15, poor backhand approach by Djokovic. Sinner connects on the forehand pass. Now it's 40-30. Awesome inside-out forehand by Sinner. Sets up a forehand drive volley winner. It's deuce. Djokovic double faults at deuce on add-out. Sinner anticipates a T-serve, puts his forehand inside out right into the corner um, on the return. Then on the next ball, steps into a backhand, rockets it cross court, massive speed, beautiful placement, forces the error, literally unplayable by Sinner on this break point. Um, second set, uh, Sinner holds it love to, to win the first set 7-5. Uh, second set, this goes to a tie break. Um, there's some stuff that I could talk about leading up to the tie break. I'm not going to, um, look down the stretch and it was a close tie break and ended up being seven, five Novak. This was the part of the match where you really can't say that center found, uh, the clutch first serves Novak did. So Djokovic had a couple of freebies here, whether it be service winners or serve easy, you know, serve plus one winners. And uh, Sinner also made two unforced errors, one at 3-all, one at 4-5. So between the first serve being better by Novak and Sinner making the neutral baseline errors at the end of the tiebreak, uh, that was uh, that was just enough. That was what Novak needed to come through this second set tiebreak. Third set, it goes to a tiebreak. First point, Sinner, 107 mile per hour second serve into Djokovic's forehand. Novak hit the return into the into the tape. One love center. Absurdly good full stretch forehand return. It came off his racket so hard, even though he was stretched out, inside out, got good width. Uh, and it was just a 
it it had the looks of a defensive return, but it was an offensive return. It was both because basically what he did was send back a good first serve and just forced forced an error with just a brilliant return of serve by Sinner on the second point of the tiebreak. All right, two love now. Djokovic serve plus backhand down the line approach. So first ball, backhand down the line approach. Low quality approach shot here. Sinner, forehand pass, cross court. Makes no mistake. Look, you know, again, not a good approach shot, but also Sinner was still under pressure here and had to make a pass, and he did it. Now it's three love. Baseline rally. Sinner with a terrific combination on his forehand cross court short angle down the line forces the air for love center hits the surface winner wide um, on a wide serve uh, that was on the deuce side I thought that was returnable I think Novak should have made that return five love um, was the first point that Djokovic won I was really the start of the tiebreak. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Because the worst thing Djokovic did, like the worst thing he was guilty of, was missing an 107-mile-per-hour second-serve return and hitting a weak approach shot. And, man, you could do worse. Like, that's hardly egregious. He did not make an unforced error. Um, and Sinner was remarkable. Remarkable at 2-love. Uh, remarkable at 3-love. The first point was a, a really good second serve. Uh, made a first serve at four love. I mean, there it was just so good. It was so good. Um, so I think I'll leave it at that. Still uh, not decided what's going to happen in the green group. Pass withdrew. There's a lot of crazy scenarios. Not going to explain it right now, and I still need to absorb it myself. Uh, but basically, it's all up in the air, but Sinner, 2-0. He's in a great position, and uh, Djokovic will will go up against Turkoc in his next match instead of Tsitsipas. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.